0: who says you can't be anything you want. And today, our standout guest, listen, <laughs> she's quite impressive. From Monday to Friday, she's a weekday college professor, but on the weekends, she has a second career and she is a fashion force to be reckoned with. And her incredible story is proof that you can be it all. <laughs> So hello, bonjour, and salam alaikum. Welcome to Stand Out from the Crowd, the first live podcast about no BS leadership. So if you like us, tell your friends and colleagues to go over on Apple Podcast and Spotify to give us a five-star review because I do believe we are worth it, don't you? <laughs> we are also available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. How cool is that? So Praveni Pereira, our standout guest today. As I said, she's a professor, she's an author, a blogger, and an influencer based in Ottawa, Canada. She started her blog as a hobby in 2017 after friends and co-workers kept asking her where she got her outfits from. And during our conversation, we are going to discuss how she balances her weekdays as a professor and her passion for fashion on the weekend. So please help me welcome Pravini to the Stand Up
1: Podcast. Hello, dear. Hi, Toreen. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing Great.
0: So Pravini, first of all, I want to thank you for being here with us today because you have two couriers, so two busy life in one, and still you found the time to spend half an hour with us today. So thank you so much for that. I have a question that is burning now. And I want to start with this question. What did come first, your passion for teaching, for education, or your passion for fashion?
1: Oh, I've always had a passion for fashion from the time I was a a little girl. I loved putting outfits together. I loved watching my mom get ready. And I had... Um, you know, my own little purses and I would stuff it with Monopoly money because I didn't have any real money at the time. Uh, So I'd have to say my passion for fashion from the time I was a little girl, but I always enjoyed teaching and uh, that was essentially my dream job. It became my dream job and something I was always aspiring towards. So teaching was your dream job. That's what you're telling us, right? Yes, I and I, did, I fell into it by accident. I didn't know that that would be my dream job. I very stereotypically, as a good South Asian uh, student, wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> it's very <laughs> stereotypical. But then I realized that was not something that I actually wanted to pursue. And then over the years, I discovered teaching and training, and that's how I fell into it.
0: And so I'm curious to know, How did you choose teaching over fashion since fashion was your passion since a very young age? It's something that you could have pursued as a career in the first place, right? So what made you decide to pursue education as opposed to pursuing fashion as a career?
1: Um, I think that I never quite thought about working in fashion. I just liked fashion and I liked participating in fashion. I didn't so much think about being a fashion designer or working at, you know, for a fashion house or anything like that, I was more so a, a fan of it and, and mm. I was a participant in it. Whereas it, when it came to my career, I was very focused on sort of what I wanted to do and those particular goals. But you, know, you asked a very interesting question because I don't know why I never thought about working in fashion, but I was more so a participant.
0: Okay. Now you discovered your passion for education, you know, for teaching, and you decided to pursue a career into it. And you are quite successful at it because you are a full-time professor, a full-time college professor, which is great. Uh, Now, can you tell us about the moment you realized that, you know, there is something that
1: I can do with fashion. I think, like I said, I, I fell into it by accident. It's always a participant. I loved putting outfits together. I loved, uh, you know, mixing and matching pieces, and I wanted to be a little bit more creative with my workwear as well, and not wear the uh, classic sort of black, gray, blue that we often wear here in North America in the workplace. Um, and I would try to experiment a little bit at work, and then I had my coworkers asking me about where i i found my clothing friends would ask me at the weekends i would really get to have fun with my outfits if we were going out to eat or going somewhere going on a trip or something like that and then uh, it wasn't until one of my coworkers actually said you know i saw some of the photos you're posting on social media you're quite the fashionista on the weekends that i thought about maybe starting a blog and calling it the weekend fashionista because of just because of what she said. And then I essentially started it so I wouldn't have to constantly be telling people, this is where I got this piece or sending an email and I could just have it on online on a website and then have Instagram and just have the photo and then the explanation.
0: I would like to know your process into starting following a more formal route into fashion. So running a blog, did you at some point feel like, okay, should i do it i shouldn't do it will people judge me because like many of us we have our professional career right being an entrepreneur being a corporate leader and of course we are multi-passionate as individuals and sometimes i feel like even myself right i'm passionate about a lot of things but sometimes i feel yes listen Doreen, you have been doing like building your career for 10 years I have built a personal brand of, around women's leadership and women's empowerment and so on and let's say if tomorrow i want to start a skincare line and be focused on to makeup or because those are the things that i like also right i'm like yeah people will think what's going on she's lost <laughs> she's losing herself and mind. and so you know true that sometimes there are like things that i would like to pursue but i don't because I don't know if the if it's the fear of judgment of just myself, you know, thinking about okay, I want to remain credible in my industry. So, is that something that you experienced? Is that something that you felt or maybe that you thought of? What was the
1: process? Yes, that's definitely something I thought of because some people view fashion and blogging as being a little frivolous, right? And I think mm-hmm. and I did myself as well when I started. It, I did think, okay, you know, this is just for fun. Uh, it's just something I'm going to do off and on uh, as a hobby. But um, once you start to learn more about it and look at how people have actually built very successful businesses as bloggers, as influencers, I think there's a little bit more respect that comes with it. But if you don't know a lot about it, there's certainly that that fear of being viewed as, as not as serious or a little frivolous. So um I I, something I still deal with I mean I never position myself as uh you know just only doing one thing and I think that's important we should we should always look at multiple streams of of work and income as well and it's part of my brand and I like to say weekday professor weekend fashionista and it just works so well with the name of my blog but it's definitely something that I had to deal with and I find women more so than men have to deal with that because we have to work a little bit harder to establish that credibility
0: that's very true so your main platform as an influencer and you said something before we we, we went live you said something very interesting i'm not a, i'm not an influencer i'm a work tell you us know. more about that
1: i call myself that because i work full time as a professor i i love what i do i absolutely love teaching of the program I'm teaching in, uh, very thankful for the opportunity to interact with so many different uh, diverse groups of students, um, and then I'm I also have this uh, you know blog and and the, the work that I do as an influencer. But because I'm not a full time influencer, I have a, another full time job. I thought of calling myself a workfluencer because I work, but I'm also doing some work as an influencer. So,
0: and how do you how do you balance
1: both? Uh, It takes a lot of time management as anything would, right? Um, It's just planning and organizing your day and your uh, priorities. And sometimes you do need to say no to uh, campaigns and things that don't quite align with your professional brand. I've declined my fair share of of work of campaigns because i didn't feel that it would be beneficial to my my work as a, a professor and i think that's important to keep in mind because if you are a workfluencer you also want to maintain that level of professionalism so it's just knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to prioritizing your time i love to plan my day i still have an old school Planner that you actually write in, so that always helps. Me too. <laughs> I need to write things down if I want to remember them, especially you know due dates and and meetings and things like that. So uh, I, I just think it's a lot of time management, and it is a skill, and I'm not perfect at it. Nobody really is, but uh, just managing your time well and prioritizing the things that matter, nice. and not overcommitting. <laughs> Say it again. And not overcommitting oh
0: that's one is very important right so how do you how do you draw the line between okay so we understand now you know you want to keep your professional image so you say yes to opportunities uh and partnerships that only align with your personal brand as a professor also because you are both you are not one uh or the other you are both together so that's very important so how do you learn to draw the line about not overcommitting? because this is often time where we start getting overwhelmed and when we start things
1: start falling apart yes i had to teach myself to do that and last year i called it the year of no because i was going to actually start saying no to to a lot of the collaborations that i was in and i did because i had done so many collaborations for so many years and I was working full-time throughout all of that. And I thought it's, I'm not really enjoying it. So the moment you feel like you're not going to enjoy something, that's almost like a gut feeling or a trigger to say no. I mean, you can't say no to your work because (laughs) we all have to do things we don't particularly enjoy as part of our job. But when it comes to something like a hobby or Uh, going to a a social engagement, if you are not going to enjoy it, unless it's absolutely mandatory, you know, weddings, funerals, usually mandatory. But uh, if you're not going to enjoy it, and you feel a lot of anxiety about it, then that might be time to revisit whether or not you should actually participate. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, follow your gut. Usually your gut tell you the right answers. It's just
1: that we are not used to listen to it. Yes. Yes. And we don't like to say no. I think People always want to say yes and be positive and be that dependable friend or, uh, you know, spouse or sibling or child. But we do at some point need to need to say no to certain things.
0: So you have over 100,000 followers on Instagram. So congratulations. And you keep posting pictures and stories consistently. And so... I'm wondering, when did you realize that, okay, you know, my uh, fashion project, my fashion blog, and my image on social media is something that I can create revenue. So that's a way to monetize your personal brand. So when did the shift happen and when did you realize it?
1: Um, So I have to say that when I first started on Instagram and started my blog, I had no idea that that was a... a outlet for a revenue stream i have absolutely no idea about it i thought i genuinely thought and this is so naive that these bloggers went to the stores and bought things on sale and posted them and one the main way that they made an income was through like to know it or affiliate links i honestly thought that uh, so my main goal was to get accepted on the like to know it platform as a uh, blogger and that too took a long time because at that point they were not accepting a lot of people. I think I got rejected twice from that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I didn't have a following and I didn't, I, I didn't understand how any of that worked, but I did have a brand reach out to me in 2017. I think I had under a thousand followers then, and it was Susie Shear. Mm. My goal was just to get reposted by them, but they reached out to me and they wanted to collaborate. That was the first ever collaboration. And they were offering me, uh, you know, it was a, a gifted collaboration, but I had no idea. I thought I had to go buy all these items myself. And that's what everybody does. That's what all the bloggers do for all the brands. So I had no idea about gifted collaborations. I had no idea about paid collaborations. But as I gained more momentum, I was also doing more research into blogging, seeing how I could collaborate with other brands. And then I learned about creating your price list for the type of uh, uh, deliverables and content that you were creating. I learned about creating a media kit, uh, pitching to brands, pitching to brands. I didn't have to do too much work because as a business professor, I was aware of, you know, how you have your pitch and and make Mm -hmm. this all yourself and things like that. But creating media kit, totally new for me i had never done it before i didn't even know what you you were supposed to put in it <laughs> so i did a lot of research a lot of it was self-taught uh, you know online talking to other people observing other bloggers and influencers that are so successful and talking millions of followers and what are they doing uh, are they giving any advice sometimes people would post stories lives things like that so that's really how i Uh, came to the realization that you can monetize it. Now, talking about monetizing your Instagram is another way that people make money (laughs) as well. They do the whole training on it. So um, by accident and trial and error is how I discovered it
0: and so a big part of of being successful on social media not especially becoming an influencer but you know we talk about influencer work entrepreneur influencer, something like this um so you know uh, you can be an entrepreneur and an influencer so for example on LinkedIn which is my main platform uh, and I think about Gary v, for example who is uh, generating revenue from his personal brand leveraging social media but he has a huge community but beyond you know having a community is also being able to communicate and create that bond and connection with uh, the people who resonate with your message so my, my question then is what were your steps to building such a big engaged community because I know a lot of people posting on social media and putting a lot of effort in, you know, promoting their personal brand, uh, sharing um, good quality content, uh, providing value. But where, you know, they they get discouraged and then they give up because of uh, the lack of engagement or their inability at that moment Mm -hmm. to build a community or to build an audience at least. So what would be your, your tips or recommendation and how did you do it?
1: So I think my main tip would be that you, the main goal is to create the content. You want to put the content out there and it's you're not really responsible for the results because you cannot guarantee the results. Even I will have a post that does really well. You know, so many people commenting, liking, sharing, and then I'll have one that I think is amazing and I'm so excited and it's a flop right? We can't predict how people are going to react, but it's also important to stay true to you and what you believe. I mean, I'm very aware of the fact that my content is not for everybody. It won't resonate with everybody and that's okay. And I think you need to be a little little mature in, in thinking that or understanding that it's not for everybody. Not everybody is going to like your content. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if they see your content, not everybody is going to engage, and that's absolutely fine. But there are people who will see it, um, who will share it, who will tell other people about it. Um, And just as a side note, everybody gets discouraged. I myself was very discouraged. Yesterday, I had uh, engaged with a brand that I had supported for years, wanted to collaborate. Uh, They declined my proposal to collaborate, and I, I was quite discouraged myself. So everybody gets those have uh, moments of, uh, of anxiety or, or doubt as, and one thing I had to tell myself is the most any brand can say is no, that's the, mm-hmm. or the worst they can say is no, that's the worst, uh, that's the worst case scenario is they can say no. Uh, once you kind of get over that it's fine. Right. You might oh. have two no's, but you will have one yes, and that yes is going to count. So.
0: Oh, 100%. Usually you receive more no's than yeses. Oh. Uh, it's important to understand that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's the one yes that, that's going to make your day, right? Um, so just you know, keep creating the content, growing that community. Also, it's important to engage with other creators like you so that you are on their radar. Sometimes they might not even know you, but if you are liking and commenting, uh, engaging on their posts, then they'll notice, right. And they'll say, Hey, Oh, here's a person like me. Let's follow each other. Let's be Instagram friends. Right. And that'll help grow your community as well. Uh, Also important to respond to the comments and engage with your followers. So you do want to follow some of them back and, and, uh, Make sure that they know that it's reciprocal. It's a two-way street. It's not just you asking them to do things for you or follow you. Very true. Yes, 2 streets. Yeah, um, and provide value. I try to provide content that is valuable that people might find useful. Uh, you know, you want to provide content. Yes, that's entertaining. That's fun, but also that's useful. That's not just going to clog somebody's feeds. There, there needs to be some value add in the content that you're pushing out there rather than this is a beautiful picture okay and what else
0: (laughs) yes the end is very important because this is where you can differentiate yourself i believe posting pictures posting videos let's get back to posting pictures because i know posting videos can be still challenging for a lot of people watching us and listening to us But posting a graph or maybe just a picture of yourself everybody can do that what is where is the added value That's the thing. And this is where you are going to stand out from the crowd, actually, because of the added value that you bring to a simple picture uh, in the first place. Um, What does your family think about it? Because as you said, you know, as a uh traditional uh South uh, uh Southeast Asian, I believe you said, right? South Asian, yes. Yeah. South Asian. Um, uh, you know, like my 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 family were expecting me to become a doctor and, and a lawyer and you know an engineer. I mean this is this is quite quite known. So what what do your family what does your family think about you you know having two careers completely different you know but successful careers uh being so far away from the idea that 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 they had of what it means to be successful for their daughter
1: my family yeah. has been very supportive of it and my mom was the one who took all my pictures when i first started she took all my photos for the blog uh, and she was also one that sort of encouraged me to do it and whenever i was slipping in my fashion sense she would always tell me so it, it almost felt like a natural transition and to this day if i'm doing still photos it's she takes my photos so she's been very supportive in that uh i'm an only child so it's just my parents and myself and And my dad has also been very supportive. He would drive us to different locations to take photos and things like that. Um, And my fiance has been very, very supportive of of it too. I mean, I think I've dragged him to so many different (laughs) blogging events and, uh, you know, different networking events and things like that. So because they've seen the, uh, the good that can come out of it and the fact that it's Almost like a fun way for everybody to engage and interact. They've been very supportive, um, and also I think I've also been very true to myself in in the blog, and I don't take on like I said collaborations that go against uh, my good conscience or my uh, values. So I, I think that's helped them as well, sort of see that yes, I'm doing this, but and it might be a little bit out of uh, the norm, but you know I'm still me.
0: And I think now we are I think now we are in an era where people understand the power of social media and how you can create uh, a career and you know become successful by learning how to leverage social media. So I believe you know back in the day that could have been more challenging uh for more people you know to accept social media as a career and an opportunity you know to become successful and to generate revenue but now uh, most of us or we are millennials but also the generation before i do believe they understand now the potential of social media and how you can you can you know create multiple careers now on social media because everything that you do with the the power of social media doesn't require you to be there 24 7 like when you are a professor you are required to be there because you are teaching your students right but when it comes to social media you can create so so many streams actually of revenue out of being on social media, building your personal brand on social media and building an audience and then a community on social media. So I think it's important to understand the power of it. It's it's important to understand also that now you don't have to limit yourself because you have the potential to do and to be anything that you want as long as you learn how to use and leverage the tools that are here at your, dis- at your disposal. Social media is free, you know? So yes, creating content, it takes time, it takes commitment, it takes energy. So there is an investment to do, you know? But if you learn how to leverage it, you can still be you 100% of the time uh, in your day-to-day job or your day-to-day career. And then you can decide to be someone else or, you know, to express another side of your personality, I should say, uh, leveraging social media without, you know, having to sacrifice uh, your lifestyle and who you are and what you want to become in your day-to-day physical career. I don't know if it makes sense, but this is listening to you. This is really how I understand it. And this is really how I see it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you don't need to put yourself in a box and, and limit yourself. If there's something you enjoy doing, by all means, make time in your, your day and in your schedule to engage in that, right? And it's important for us to have time for our hobbies, things that, that bring us a little bit more joy and satisfaction. Uh, and that might very well be your job. I very much uh, love being a professor. I, like I said, I, I think we were talking before we went live. It is my dream job. That is something I always wanted to to do. And I would never leave that to pursue social media full time. That's not, I, I just know that that's not something I want to do, at least at this point in my life, that's not something I want to do. Uh, and and if that's what you're aspiring to do, then by all means, go for that as well. Um, but never really limit yourself and say, oh, you know, I, I'm a, I don't know, a project manager. So that means I can't do this. No, it doesn't mean you can't do that. You just have to be. A little bit more creative with where you make the time for that and how you frame that
0: and and just to give you a concrete example there is this lawyer this i don't know if you know her i don't remember her name she's based in florida she's a lawyer like highly successful lawyer for like uh i think the magazine l like something big anyway and she's so she has so much fun on social media you know she's into fashion as well and she dances and she loves and she motivates people and she plays the star you know showcasing her outfit and she's a lawyer so when you think about a lawyer you think about you know the serious person kind of boring person i'm sorry for all the lawyers out there but this is the perception okay this is the perception tied to the seriousness of your profession But then, and she's highly successful on both as a lawyer and as an influencer. And because of her personal brand on Instagram, she's gaining clients for her own
1: practice. Right. So it is a win-win. Yes, absolutely. I'm gonna have to look her up. She sounds really fun.
0: Uh, I I will send you her 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 profile on Instagram. Like she's amazing.
1: Yeah, and I think you said something important where she's almost like breaking that stereotype of what we think a lawyer would be. Right. So that's also something I've been sort of working towards is uh, just, you know, just because they're a professor doesn't mean that they're not fun, right? (laughs) Um, Granted, you know, like the students that I teach may not be my ideal audience or my demographic for the type of uh, content I'm posting, but I think they're quite surprised when they find out that I have this blog. And I don't start off advertising that in my uh, introduction to them, but it is important to be comfortable sharing different aspects of your life uh, within reason of course in in your professional life too.
0: Yes, you said it all. So thank you so much, Rivani, for being with us today. That was a wonderful conversation. And I see you, uh, you stayed from the beginning to the end. So thank you for watching the live. Uh, We will look at the comments. If you have any questions, comments, feel free to drop it below. And Pravina, so for those of of our listeners and viewers today who want to follow you on Instagram and, you know, get some tips from your fashion uh,
1: blog, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at the, so T-H-E, W-K-N-D, Fashionista. So at the Weekend Fashionista, but it's W-K-N-D for Weekend (laughs) Fashionista.
0: And we will put the link also in the comments, so feel free to check it out and to click on it so you can get some inspiration and you can see like the beautiful outfits and pictures that she posts over there on Instagram as well. So thank you so much, uh, pravani uh, That was a wonderful conversation again. That was a privilege to be able to talk with you today. Uh, for those of you who are new here or, We will be back next week for another live episode of Stand Up From The Crowd and you can scan the QR code here if you want to subscribe and and listen to more inspirational uh, stories of Canadian women leaders because yes, we are portraying and showcasing the stories of Canadian women leaders who are successful in their own terms. And we love it because it is very inspiring. Thank you again, Privani. You take care, you stay safe, and I will see you soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.